Welcome to Wild Endeavors Out of Character, our after-show podcast. I'm your DM and host, Thomas Marsetti. Out of Character is our chance to sit down as a group and talk about the campaign as players. Some of the questions and topics have come up thanks to you, our listeners, via social media. Thank you very much for that. In this episode, we're talking about Season 2 of the Shadows Campaign. That's Chapters 13 through 22. For maximum enjoyment of the story and of this discussion, you'll want to be sure you're all caught up. This season of the Shadows Campaign is featured... Devin Salisbury as the human gunslinger Quintus Arias. I'll probably rack around in the chamber and just say, hello, friend. Adam Rogers as the human fighter Hans Greger. I like draw my sword even more. Amy Jostino as the tiefling thief Calico Bane. Uh, they can be poison knives. Who do I need to poison? <laughs> Evan Chamberlain as the elven wizard Leandros Lubricar. It's just a term. It's not as bad as it sounds. So come join us by the proverbial fireplace as we discuss our endeavors so far. Uh, he suggested we start off like talking about Hans and Leandros and how their relationship went in the shitter, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Obviously, that was one of the, the really big changes and bringing in a lot more of that, like the player to player interaction definitely yeah. changed the dynamic of things. So, you know, where did that kind of stuff come from? Well, it all started when Ben died. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> right. What I thought was interesting about most of that was just like Hans and Fen like weren't like best friends or anything. Yeah. Um, I think we had a mutual respect and of the two of you, like he's the one that kept kind of saying, you know, that I might have my act together and I might know what I'm doing. And he kind of had said before, I think that I was strong and, but it was very, very easy to turn on you as soon as you started saying mean things to Elia. Because from the get-go, Hans and Elif were, like, in this together. Yeah. And and it was just like you... And I think he even said it, like, if if, if he failed, then I failed. Mm-hmm. Um, which I yeah. was kind of an interesting moment in that, that last season. Going into the into this past season, we... Uh, that anger just grew and obviously came to a head in, in the forest and... Uh, <laughs> Event moments and uh, especially having to do with the grave and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and then it also okay. definitely went down the shitter when um, he kind of figured out what Leandros was going to do with Finn's body. <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know where that idea came from, but I know I originally always wanted to use Finn as a tool. I wanted to use everybody as a tool, mm-hmm. Leandros. And uh, I was like, well, what do most liches have? You know, um, some kind of you know, Death Knight, right? You know, to protect them. I was like, well, I have a really good fighter. Or, well, somebody who was a really good fighter. Well, I mean, he was a rogue, but why don't I use that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was going to turn him into a a Death Knight, but um, that didn't happen, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't really even catch on that fast. It, like, took a few times for you to just say, like, oh, I'm going to this room. Uh, Oh, I'm going to stay behind. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, I liked... I mean, I could say I like the way I play Hans all the time, but I like that when, you know, he finally kind of put two and two together and, and just said he was going to the grave. Mm-hmm. Like, he just took... And I think Thomas at the time was like, uh, is anybody going with him? Is anybody, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I just, like, completely said, I'm I'm already on my way. I'm already half, you know, mm-hmm. out the door, and he's digging with his hands and doesn't find the body, and then that, that got interesting, for sure. 
Oh yeah, yeah I love that. that. I would be curious to know how Thomas felt like during the scene. I keep saying in the woods. We I think we had just escaped. When I started pushing Leandros like against the tree, mm-hmm. my I wanted to know what you thought like where it was going to go, or if you were concerned about having to deal with the player on player, player v player stuff. <laughs> I I was a little bit because like like every time we did any sort of PvP, Dungeon World just doesn't have any rules for it, so I had to make something up for, you know, when Calico stabbed Then and, like, all that stuff uh, happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it was really funny to me, like, looking back on it now, like, we waited until we'd had a system that had no PvP to do our very first <laughs> PvP. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about opposites uh, our two campaigns are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're a bunch of buddies in the, in the other one, it seems like, and yeah. this yeah. one we- we're really getting our anger out, I think. <laughs> Once you all had gotten into the woods, though, I wasn't too worried about, like, what was going to happen. I didn't I didn't think it would escalate to the point where somebody else was going to die. Like, another character would kill, uh, you know, one of you. But we were also kind of at that point, like, if that happened, we were already kind of invested in that. We'd already had one player kill another player. So, you know, we were on the path. If we can, like, if we continued, was, that's just where we were going. So, yeah. And then damn near almost happened <laughs> Again. Uh, because yeah. I'm pretty certain I thought Hans was going to kill Leandros in the, in the woods. Because, I mean, Leandros was fucked up after that. Like, I think he had like one hit point for a good three sessions. You took a, like a dagger in the neck. It certainly would not have gone well for you, for Leandros if it had come no, to, to blows in that, in that moment. Um, I mean, I would say if, if Hans would have killed Leandros, it would have been on accident. There's no that, that whole moment was all about intimidation, which is kind of why he just kind of pushed him against the tree and just kind of showed a little bit how like petty or mis- mischievous he is because the whole like just ripping the book apart. <laughs> thing. Like... I thought that was, I don't know, I thought that was just a kind of a, a funny, oh yeah, a I, funny kind of petty thing to do. It's an interesting point you mentioned about Hans being kind of, um, I wouldn't have picked the word petty, but like kind of from that point on, like he, like anything that got in the way of like him getting out of the shadow definitely became like a target for that, um, that like needling sort of attack. Like he doesn't like outright attack people that are close to him, but like definitely just like throwing a dead knoll at Leandros's feet. And like, here's, here's another one for you. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. almost, I mean, yeah. almost borderline bully. Um, that was definitely bullying. That's <laughs> not like it wasn't deserved. That's true. Almost as, as if I was like a disgruntled employee, I would say. And, <laughs> and I uh, was taking it out, like knowing that like he couldn't fire me at that point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but it was also just that turning point, like you just said, Thomas, that he knew like his mission was over. The new mission was essentially get out. Mm-hmm. Like he Hans is only there because of this signing up for this trip. And now he basically doesn't owe his, owe Leandros anything because he's pretty much caught off the deal and um, just wants to get out as soon as possible. So it was sort of like any person or anyone that was standing in the way of that was just going to get knocked down or get pushed out of the way or uh, I don't know. He didn't care. He, mm-hmm. All the fucks were gone at that point. And that's the only reason that any of us stuck together too was it was uh, a bad situation mm-hmm. and it was like, well, what do we do? I guess we could 
just try to get out of this together. Not that we liked each other, obviously. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it helped, too, and I it, listening to it again as I'm editing, just the fact that, like, everybody else in the Valley had given up trying to get out, and so there was no one else to help you except each other. That helped to bind you a little bit more. So, back to, you know, Hans, you're talking about, like, just anybody who got in your way, like, pushing them out of the way or, like, knocking them down. When you were playing Hans at that point, did it, like, did it cross your mind, like, that he was becoming kind of a bully or, like, was at risk of becoming a bully? Was that something, you like, that you were even thinking about? You know, was there other motivation for him? He knew. I mean, he was, I don't know, kind of playful in the beginning or I think I, he, you kind of could compare him to, like, trying to be, like, the popular kid in school. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those kids you know, at least anecdotally, or can be jerks sometimes too. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was also, it was just that change in mindset. Like he didn't care anymore. So what he was doing was always like going to be boastful and like wanted people to see and get attention. And if that any way like made Landros feel bad publicly, he would do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, myself, like Adam listening Mm -hmm. on it, I felt bad for, for Evan. (laughs) <laughs> as a person um, and just knowing what I know for the future will probably feel bad worse after the next <laughs> um, yeah uh, because uh, no. <laughs> anything but for certain yeah. reasons you can it's say so I'll cut it I'm not gonna <laughs> oh, no, I'm sure. I felt like I was mean I mean I just got mean at some point and I know like outside of outside of the game I would apologize sometimes <laughs> all right fine <laughs> It was, I, I was just so far down that road. It was too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did it with, uh, I did it with, I think, a couple of you guys for sure. I'm like, I'm going to sound like I'm going to be really upset and angry, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely worth mentioning, like, because I cut it out of the episodes, but there were several points where you all are like, I'm sorry I'm saying this, but like, <laughs> or Adam especially, like, I feel really bad, but... <laughs> Because uh, uh, we're not real actors, we're just uh, <laughs> <angry> actors. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's just because you you guys are good people, so you feel bad when. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for sure. Like, dude, totally. Like, I I brought it up the last time we did uh, Talking Shadows. Is like, it's so hard playing an evil character when you're not an evil person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Man, that is it hard because, <laughs> like, some of the things that I did, and you're like, well. That's what you would want to do, but what would your character do? I'm like, oh, well, fuck, you would probably uh, <laughs> mm, be way worse. And uh, doing that. And that, well, that's to, to segue a little bit there. Um, I definitely, the timing of Landros's death was kind of sad to me because I thought it was very interesting the way you had him starting to be like, like much nicer or like acting nicer to people. I was very interested to see like where you were going to go with that or like what you could end up doing with this like. Yeah nice but for terrible reasons version of leandros um trust me uh i was hoping to go so such a different way with that especially now that you and i had basically gone over a lot of the rule sets and we're like oh yeah you can actually do this and i'm like wow that are you sure (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes he was kind of powerful but i felt very limited in what he could do and that was definitely like looking back at it that was one of the things i wish i had done differently or that we had gone over a little bit more mm-hmm. was was the the skill sets for everybody Definitely, like you said like in those last two episodes um mm-hmm. where you're fighting the gnolls like you're starting to use a lot more of that ritual cast which is yeah kind of meant to be the bread mm-hmm. and butter for dungeon world wizards yeah and i didn't get to do like 
what I should have done with that because I just kind of like you were using it. I was just like, yes. So you, you, yeah, you did that thing. Great. Whereas the the way the rule is written, like you just tell me what you want to do and it can be anything like anything at all. Yeah. And then I tell you like what it costs or like how long Mm -hmm. it takes or some kind of stipulation. So like I was thinking with the, the earth pillars that you were bringing up, um, Mm -hmm. I wish I had, if we were going to do it again, been like, you can cast it right away, but it's going to mean that both of your hands turn to stone for as long as those pillars are up. So you basically couldn't use your hands or do anything else while you had those pillars, or you can keep your hands not stone, but it's going to take a little bit longer to cast it. Right. That would have um, been, yeah, perfect because, um, yeah, you're right. At that point, you could pretty much cast anything. Mm-hmm. And that's um, why, yeah, the the cost structure or like what it takes to do the thing or even, you know, if like say you wanted to like, I want to summon like a meteor storm and just have like rocks pummel this thing. I could have mm-hmm. said like, yeah, you did. And they were the size of peas. And so you did two damage, but you summoned a meteor swarm. So, yeah, exactly. So there was a lot more that, you know, we could have done there that I we just didn't get a chance to. Oh, well, such is life. Right? <laughs> Talking about Leandro's kind of turning face a little bit and and being nicer toward the end. I know, like, after listening to it and after um, even thinking about it, after it happened in real life. Well, not real life, but <laughs> <laughs> um, when it happened, I was like, wow, that's a smart way to... Because you'd said he's manipulative. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like it finally dawned on you or Leandros as a character, like that okay but me being mean all the time isn't really working out but if i can, if i start being nice to them they might come yeah. around a little bit and and start listening to me mm-hmm. it, um, it dawned on leandros because i definitely knew that was uh something i, I could have done but i just didn't want to do it but then it, it kind of really i was like okay it's got a it's something i gotta do <laughs> Well, and that, there was I'm going to dying here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there there was no need for him to be nice up to that point because you know he was financing the whole thing. Um, like you guys turned to him for money, but like still, then when he said like this is the thing we're going to do, everybody followed him. And then yeah. once you know Then died and the, the confrontation in the Hell House I mean, and like the confrontation in the woods, like there's definitely that moment you played that very well where he realized shit, I need them or they're just going to leave me here. Pretty much. Yeah, that was exactly it. I'd be interested. uh, Amy's not here, but I'd be interested to know, like, Hans was under that golden root. Mm -hmm. Is that a spell or I don't know what to call that? It might as well be a potion. She probably could have had Calico at some point just convince Hans that Leandros is a good guy. I know it's like, what what did it do? It like made me trust her, right? Right. Yeah, right. Pretty much anything she said. Yeah. So, but she never did that. <laughs> so I'm wondering if it's because, like, she and just enjoyed what was happening. <laughs> Low key, she knew. I think she knew. Yeah, she knew what I wanted to do. Yeah, you told her. Um, yeah, she made you. She made you uh, tell her. I think after Athen died, like what offline, right? I think yeah. that was mm-hmm. agreement. Mm-hmm. And you're, you said you were doing it through your your connection. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. with the, the, that that. Um, Telepathy. Ball. No, yeah. it's just uh, straight telepathy. Yeah. Oh, was it just straight um, telepathy? Okay. Um, I got the impression that she was, she was really worried to push that bond. Like Calico was worried to push Hans to do something he didn't want to do in case you know he took that as like maybe she's not really 
on my side, or maybe she doesn't have my best interest at heart, and like, and then the potion dissipates, and then you would remember what she did to you and turn on her. So, like, she was very much like on eggshells a lot of that time. I think there was even a point in like the start of the big Knoll fight at the end of this season where she's like, well, I'm, I've got to go help Hans. And I remember thinking like, you don't have to. Oh, okay. That's why she feels like she has to help him. So I think hadn't been for that. Like if she hadn't been so worried about the golden root, like wearing off, she might have pushed for that. It made things very interesting. It's tough to navigate. I mean, I know we had said we had talked like right after it happened, after that session. Uh, when he went under that potion that, like, can I look for things as Adam mm-hmm. to see if, if it would break? And I think you had kind of said that I'd have to maybe text you or something while it was going on because I couldn't just be like, ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because you, you were kind of like, you can decide whether or not you, you reveal it in, in public or not that you know. Because mm-hmm. well, that was interesting, but it's definitely hard to navigate that whole thing while, like, me knowing and kind of looking for her to trip up and then mm-hmm. just couldn't really play Hans like that, so. So looking back at it now and, like, having a little bit of space from it, what, what did you think about that whole, basically, things you couldn't do? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I had to listen. It's, I felt the need to listen to her, basically, at all times. It also turned to, like, <laughs> she's now, like, my no- most trusted ally. So mm-hmm. before I would turn, well, before that, I would turn to Than or I'd turn to Leandros for all direction. Mm-hmm. And I kind of stopped turning to Leandros on purpose. Mm-hmm. And sort of like, Calico, you know, what are you going to do? Where should we go? And she would always kind of circle back and say, I don't know, ask Leandros, basically. <laughs> yeah. It definitely, it definitely created some really, for me, it was some very fun tension in the group. I don't know if you all thought it was fun, but... I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, fun, I don't know about fun. Uh, experience, yeah. Not that I'm saying I didn't dislike it. Uh, I just don't know if I'd call it fun. <laughs> I don't have to do that again. <laughs> That's, <laughs> fair. That's, <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, um, that, that whole back half of the, le- the, what is it, the next 12 episodes or something like that, which is the next season? Um, I don't know exactly what the number will be because, like, I've been able to break some of the sessions into into okay. two episodes. Okay, I was just gonna say I I always felt a lot of despair uh, in that that campaign, uh, especially towards the back half of it, just because it was a very dark, gloomy, <laughs> very depressing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna spoil it, but it gets very depressing. Well, I I think we can talk. I I did want to talk about that a little bit because, like, even the you know the first two seasons are very dark. You know, it's funny listening to it again. I'm like, I, I'm realizing, like, holy shit, that was, that was really messed up. And like, holy cow, like, how many rooms full of dismembered bodies am I gonna describe for these guys, or how many? Literally every one of them. <laughs> and you didn't, you didn't like let up on that. Like it happened no. during the Noel fight. You're like, this body playing here, and there's arms here, and then the, the Noel monster ends up being made of like body parts, and it's just like, and like. It's stronger every time it eats more body parts. Yeah, what was that, by the way? What kind of knoll was that? Like a knoll shaman? I don't remember. the. It's something like it's the eye of... Uh, I based it off like the eye of whatever their knoll demon god is. I think there's actually okay. like a... There's actually a base template for it in the monster manual. The, the D&D okay. monster mon- manual. I wanted the knolls to be like a little bit bigger and weirder. So I'm like, what's a bigger, weirder version of that? 
Right. And, and so, like, I had actually built into it. Once you had damaged him enough, he was going to start, you know, grabbing his, the other gnolls in the pack to, like, eat him and heal himself. And so then, like, the very first thing you did, you're like, I'm going to make him attack his friends. And I'm like, I, wanna be, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that was going to, that was going to be a thing. No. Well, I mean, there was no way you would have known. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, thought, I was like, all right, he's going to start attacking his uh, underlings. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. And that, that moment was. That moment was really cool because it was just like, all right, yeah, he's beating up these other things. But wait, wait, he's getting oh, he's getting, yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, he, cast, he casted fear on one of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, it'll run away from me. Uh, apparently not. Apparently, when they are feared, they will attack whatever they are afraid of. I did. I rolled for that because it was gonna, it was one of three things that they would do if they were like when you cast fear on them. I thought like the only way to be fair about it was just to roll and. It ended up like he that one decided to attack. So yeah, should have just casted sleep on all of them. <laughs> Holy cow! Let's talk about sleep for a second. Like, <laughs> is that the most overpowered spell in Dungeon World? Literally, it is. That's why I didn't like casting it all the time because I was like, I feel like I'm just ruining it for everybody. <laughs> I mean, I like that it bled into because we would play both campaigns kind of side by side, mm-hmm. and I remember like in, in the other campaign just being like. Can Element like cast sleep or something, and everyone would always have to remind me, like, no, the other thing. Campaign. <laughs> you did do that a couple of times. Because yeah. basically, in this one, it was just like, all right, we're about to fight a bunch of people, and you'd be like, he cast sleep. Like, all right, yeah, <laughs> cast sleep on everybody. They're all asleep. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, super overpowered for a first level spell or a second level spell, whatever it was. Did you feel like after you did it a few times, like you would feel bad about casting it from then on? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I did. Because I was like, well, I don't I don't like ruining it for everybody, you know. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. It's it's fun to uh, just go out and and beat the shit out of things or but uh, putting things to sleep. You know, it's like it's too easy at that point. <laughs> it's a little anticlimactic for sure. Yeah. So, Adam, what did you think about that? Like with him, did that ruin any of the encounters for you or did that make them less enjoyable? I don't think so. I mean, I think it was just another tool. It's sort of like there were situations when Hans would would go up to a thing and basically just chop something's head off and it'd be over with. So I can't really say like he had his his kind of major power like anybody Mm -hmm. can develop eventually. I never disliked those moments (laughs) Uh, because it was less of a something trying to kill Leandros. (laughs) I think I think there was one time you disliked a moment when I did that and it was in. Uh, in the last couple episodes when you almost, it wasn't a death knight, but you had brought, uh, was it a gnoll back to yeah, life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a I gnoll did. back to life. You cast that spell. You seemed like really proud of it. And then like, I was just like, Hans walks up and just lopped the head off. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that because I was going to use it. Um... And the sound effect, the sound effect was great that Thomas edited in. It was really gross. <laughs> um, but it was just like one of those, definitely me listening as a listener, like felt bad. I felt bad again. I was like, oh man, that was super mean. And it actually, it actually brought me in your response, like brought me back to one of the early episodes when Calico and Hans are riding on that horse out of town <laughs> and i like said like hey can i grab an apple from this thing and i was like all prepared to do like this sweet thing and i don't even remember what it is but i knew i was gonna, like toss the apple up and the horse was gonna do something and or amy was just like ah she knocks it out of his hand and then ruined it. <laughs> and that's what it seemed like that's almost what i, I felt like the your emotions were at that point like oh i was gonna do this thing and then now he's <laughs> 
Well, I think he just wanted to kill it because he didn't like anything I was trying to do with Thin. And he was just being, uh, he was just being Hans. Oh, okay. I mean, can you blame him? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I would have done the same. There was one thing I was going to bring up. What was it? I just literally just popped in my head. Oh, it, I was saying, okay, I remember now. The, that culmination of when Quinn shot Leandros and Hans ran out to the woods mm-hmm. and then the, the cultists came in. Mm-hmm. If that had been an HBO TV show, that we would have saw the cultist and Hans would have pulled the grave back, mm-hmm. saw there was no body, and we saw the, the cultist, it would have faded to black right then. <laughs> that, that, if that had been a, a, a TV show, that's where it would have ended that episode. Oh, for sure. Think about it now. Cornelius, man, he got a. I mean, he probably came back, right? He's probably alive. We're not oh, alive. Yeah. We, uh, we fucked Cornelius. the guy over, didn't we? I am going to put a little something in there for, like, in an interlude at the start of you know, for season three. But basically, the last point I had left him, he is still dead or his spirit is out there somewhere. And then August, his partner, comes home and, like, finds his charred corpse and is like, I guess I'm just going to wait for him to come back now. Because Cornelius is waiting for him to come back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Man, we're bad people. (laughs) Well, Cornelius dying was not your fault. Um, I mean, that's... That's true. The cultists did kill him. For all the the bad things you guys have done, like, that one's not on you. (laughs) Yeah, the the one thing. (laughs) Speaking of bad things people have done... Um, after re-listening, it made me realize like how many times Quintus had like misfired and shot people. They, they, I don't know about misfired is a good term, but uh, that he shot Andros, shot Hans. Yep. <laughs> Hans was with an accent though. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did have a couple, um, a couple of misfires in there, in that, and in, in fighting the Knolls. Um, the like, well, two of them were legit misfires. One of them was just he shot the knoll that uh, was you were grappling, and it you know went into Hans. So, I think, but like pretty much the whole like the whole rest of the time, like he was just like a dead shot. So, I mean, yeah. give him give him a little break. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, really well, if I remember correctly, with uh, from that point on, like with gunshots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else, though, I was pretty crap with. <laughs> Not to um, break away from what we're doing currently, but we're playing in another campaign where Devin plays a gunslinger and he can't shoot for shit. (laughs) (laughs) No offense to him. Pretty true. Thomas and maybe Um, Devin. Like, this was the first campaign, at least I'd been in, where a gun was involved. I was wondering if, like, Devin had to come to you about being this gunslinger thing and bringing a gun into this world, or did you have any reservations about that kind of weapon? being here. I mean, I know it doesn't like do any more or less damage than something else would, but it was just like, did you think like a gun being presented would maybe cause a problem? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I did approach Thomas about it because I know at one point Thomas mentioned that he wasn't a big fan of bringing guns into the world, but I saw that that was an option in the dungeon world system and I proposed the idea to him and he said, yeah, that's fine. And we talked back and forth quite a bit about where the character was from. I knew I wanted him to be a human, and I knew that there's a predominantly human empire, and um, he came up with an interesting backstory for him that helped supported his uh, gunslinging family traditions, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. So so that's, that's an interesting take because, um, again, not to break away from this campaign, but uh, Thomas ran a one-shot, or, well, two one-shots that we did, 
uh, in Aria where we played Pirates. And uh, mm-hmm. I played a gunslinger in that. And I remember, because I had wanted to do something different uh, than a traditional fighter, I said, hey, could I do Matt Mercer's gunslinger? Mm-hmm. Uh, which was not a, it was not even UA at the time. It was all just, I bought that stuff from uh, Dungeon Masters Guild. Right. Uh, their website to, to play it. And you're like, you know, guns are not something I really wanted to do. Could your character be like you said i remember originally could he be like um the gunslinger from the dark tower series right could it be like an ancient traditional type thing i was like well that's not really what i'm going for mm-hmm. and he goes okay well where are you going for i was like well i kind of want to play a smarter character somebody who can build his own things so then i remember you said you could find it as like an old artifact and i was like okay i can work with that and i was like so my background was i was an archaeologist originally and i Played that character, and he played pretty well. And that was, I remember after the fact, that's, guns were very rare. Like, nobody had ever seen one before where we were playing at, at least, mm-hmm. um, in those islands and Aria. Um, and then Quinda shows up with a rifle, and I, I remember thinking, like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, letting him play a, a human gunslinger. I was like, okay, this is mm-hmm. this is different. <laughs> was, was that before Quintus showed up? I believe so, yeah, because we were still all playing together at Adam's house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, in in both those cases, I was was reticent to bring guns into, because there's, you know, that very traditional sense of fantasy doesn't have guns. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in talking with you two about that, like how to bring them in and what they could what um options it would give you guys in terms of storytelling like i i did i definitely did come around to it and mm-hmm. later in actually in the the pirate like the one shot that became the three shot um i think by the second one the we switched from like all ballista using ships mm-hmm. to having cannons because i was kind of like yeah well it doesn't change the dynamic of power very much it is basically just a really loud crossbow that's not as good at piercing armor so yeah if you want to have one of them like it, it carries you know its own uh drawbacks and um and then i think it just worked really well with uh with quintus and i like the idea of having the the justicar or like the mm-hmm. you know the judge dread type folk from primarchy like that's something like the elite among them or the you know the families who have the deepest tradition within that uh profession they have these things and they are still very rare but it's part of what sep- like separates them mm-hmm. so oh yeah makes a lot of sense um i thought it worked very well I like the Justicar aspect of that, too. Um, I've always thought that was a cool concept. I think the the way that we we kind of... Like, he shot the gun really early after we met him. And I think we played that really well. Like, everyone was just like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like we're like deaf because the room was, like, so loud after I, the shot went off. And it was just like, you know, we were just a bunch of... We had never seen something like that before, at least never been around. Maybe we've heard of it or something, but mm-hmm. I know Hans was just like completely caught off guard. Never That's, saw a gun. I, I specifically remember I was trying to best describe it without outright saying it was a gun. <laughs> so it could surprise you all as best uh-huh. I could. I was like, I just pull out this stick and I point it at you. You just hear a loud explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tried, I, like, it, I tried my best, but I was like, you guys know what it is at that point. I think it helped introduce that weapon, actually, to the group. Coming back to the sleep conversation, we were talking earlier mm-hmm. um, about like how powerful sleep is in the dungeon world system, because you can just, if they're asleep, you can just kill them. 
Um, yeah. I did really like that that kind of worked against the gun and like the gun worked against that like mm -hmm. sure oh yeah you put all those guys asleep but then you know quintus is gonna go take a shot and wake you know some of them up again He's gonna um, wake so up that, i thought that was a, that was a really nice balancing aspect to it so mm -hmm. it wasn't just like you put everybody asleep killed them and then there's no combat so <laughs> i think nice. i think another um another important note to add and just in general for this part of the the season anyways item management <laughs> yeah no shit always uh always check what you got yeah check your stuff any 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 new player who's a listener is out there read your items and read them well and learn what they do and uh know when they're best used because mm. oh my god was that a <laughs> like oh two in a row like the most clutch usage of magic items i think ever oh yeah um that was just fantastic. Um, I really don't know how else we would have gotten out of that situation. I really do not know. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, I didn't either. Like, that was... I think I mentioned it in something I cut out of the episode. Like, we talked about it after. I'm like, mm -hmm. I had absolutely no idea how you would get out of that. I had no plans for you. I was just like, I'm going to tie him up, stick him in the middle of town square, and see what happens. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for good timing with Hans and, and Quintus. That's... Yeah. That um, that's how we did it. Hans was the, that water tower, and when is using that that was it a bell? Was it like a little bell? Was it was like a little chime. It ended up being like a little chime, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I tried doing things and I got stabbed in the neck. <laughs> Last what time I'll the, do that. What was the second one? Or have we come across that yet or no? The well, it was actually the first one. You used um, Occam's razor and found out that Leandros yeah. is lying, yeah, um, right. which was oh, that yeah. was I was like. <laughs> yeah. completely forgot about that it was so perfect um and i just yeah i loved that moment like you were off by yourself and you're like what what's going on i'm like oh he's hiding the body of theron nilo yeah i was like that mother <laughs> <laughs> so that I reminds me to yeah. real quick kind of go back into hell house when quintus was still pretty new with the group um, there was that moment where there was like a like a ghost like banging in the closet everybody was looking at that and you looted then's body so i was just like wondering like what was your like what were you thinking in terms of in terms of quintus like looting a body the thought process if i remember correctly this was a while ago yeah um, my thought process or reasoning behind it was I, one, wanted to get any dangerous item away from the strangers <laughs> that were in front of me, and mm -hmm. two, learn anything about, any more about the group. Okay. So, as soon as I had an opportunity, I was like, let me quickly check real quick on this body that of either they killed or something killed. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's important to them. They're tra keep like they're keeping it with them. <laughs> <laughs> So let me see what's on him. Mm -hmm. And then I see this. I think if, did I, I got the dagger off of him, and I was like, this doesn't look normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the thing we just called the demon sword. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, like, quickly hid that, and I was mm -hmm. like, I'll address this later. And I never did, but then when I found out, I think, I think Leandros was very adamant about finding this thing. I was like, I definitely don't want, want him to have it now. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. <laughs> when Finn first died, I remember I did ask you first, could I do this with his body? And you said yes. 
And then I went and asked Devin, I was like, how would you feel if I turned Finn into a Death Knight? I, f- I forgot that you talked to him about that, because you, you did tell me that, but and I had forgotten. But, like, the more, like, I went back and looked at Death Knights again, like, like the big thing is, like, it brings that person back and, like, yeah. binds them to service. So it was actually, it, like, it would have been Than yeah. in an undead body. And I didn't um, know that at the time, honestly. Um, I know that now, right? Because uh, I've done more research since then. If I um, remember, my argument too was that I was okay with it, but I said you, that you're bringing a important body amongst the group, and you're going to try to do things like behind their backs. I would say, good luck, <laughs> like getting away with it. But yeah. I, uh, I, it was, I, if you do, then you know, pops yeah. to you. you it was know? it was worth the risk, and uh, well, at least at the time, I thought it was worth the risk. Because I was like, okay, I can have a permanent bodyguard, basically. Oh, was I not supposed to say that? No, that's that's fine. Um, I'll, uh, I'll probably cut the cremated part out of that. But Okay, I c- honestly couldn't remember when that happened, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, originally, I did an interlude, like, right after the body disappeared. But I pulled that out, and I'm going to start after... The, the episode after Leandros dies, I'm going to start with that okay. interlude. Everybody knows, like, the, the body disappeared. And, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you had plans, and it's gone... And that was a combination of, you know, your decision to leave it in the woods in a place where, like, bodies are a commodity. And then also (laughs) the fact that, like, Kara found you and saw you, you know, pretending to bury her brother. So, like, she would know about it. And then there was a a failed role at some point. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, that that ticks that box. You know, she got the body and... uh, so yeah, I um, that was something that was kind of fun, and um, actually, just on Twitter today, somebody was talking about like fame, like their favorite NPCs in campaigns, and I think she might be mine. Like even though she's not like actually, yeah. like she's only in this campaign for like a couple mm-hmm. minutes total. Um, I kept like I had a pretty good idea of like where she was throughout the whole thing just in case you ran into her i don't know like i i always knew what she was doing and she ended up being like a kind of a badass like right from the beginning so yeah i really liked her (laughs) i mean i like her (laughs) (laughs) she wasn't my favorite she was good ella burgers man she can't you can't be just ain't gonna happen the one, the one episode I, I missed. One of the two episodes I've ever missed. I missed the world's greatest NPC. She was good. I had a lot of fun with her too. <laughs> yeah, because you made it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I liked her path, anyways. Card's mm-hmm. path. Side note from what we're talking about. I'm curious at what is further on in that path. Mm-hmm. So. I am. I'm really hoping that we find a way. Or that that you all find a way to where she is, because again, like I know in the the main campaign timeline, which is you know a couple of years ahead of time, like, I know where she is right now in that world, right. and I know more or less what it would take for you all to get to there and to run into her, and I I really hope it happens. So <laughs> I so just real quick in uh-huh. in our other campaign, uh-huh. I, I can we talk about this? How yeah. okay. Finn had left Element A a note in his bag because Finn used to raid Element's bag all the damn time back in the day. That's right, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, to watch over his sister. And uh, when he found out that Finn was dead, uh, that both of those things like really hit him at the same time, like really hard. 
Um, I thought though that uh, well, I, well, I don't remember correctly because it's sort of forever ago. But I thought that when you found the note or something like that, you scried on her or did something to try to locate her. I, I did, and or sent a message to her. The, I don't. I don't know. First time we came out of the Feywild, and I had just gotten scry, and I did scry on her. Mm-hmm. And what I found was her talking to the master, talking to somebody oh, we, she was subservient to. That's what we thought was the master, right? right. right. Obviously, because the timelines are changed. And the thing is, we didn't know when I did that scry that um, it had been three years, that three year time gap. Right. Yeah. In game, you got you all didn't know it had been three years and then out of character. So, again, like I know what that really was. But Mm -hmm. at the time, like like we all characters involved probably thought that was the master. So, again, really like her story. (laughs) What was your um, like thought process or creative process with? like coming up with the Zebulon character. Did you already did you have him like in mind or something you kind of kind of plugged into where the the story was going? He was definitely someone I came up with like just about maybe like one or two sessions before you met him. Because the way like once you guys kind of like zeroed in on wanting to get to the keep, like I was like, well, okay, well, what what kind of information can they get about the keep and what would that person be doing? And I think, I mean, that was really all I had in mind until we got pretty close. And then I just like, well, maybe, you know, the his interest in the, the chapel was not just, you know, a passing interest. And so, like, what was the reason for that? I thought his uh, job profession was very interesting. <laughs> I think, did he, did he tell us that the chapel was like his way of um, getting more bodies or the chapel I, I had be been mistaken. a competitor's, like a competitor's, like, body factory. And so he wanted uh-huh. it for what we would think of like as like DNA um, so that he could grow new bodies to sell. Uh, so he needed like that raw people material. So. Yeah. I don't remember if you, when you told us that or if, I don't know. That was so long ago nowadays. And we yeah. played a lot of DNA since then. <laughs> well, did you see um, the message I sent on Thursday that it, it's Thursday was the one year anniversary of you all getting out of Hell House. Oh my God. Yeah. I did not see that now. So, yeah, I just, I happened to be looking at recording dates the other night. I was like, holy shit, that's about to happen. (laughs) Wild. (laughs) Were there anything, uh, like any decisions you made as the character that surprised you throughout, like, I guess, to this point in the whole campaign? Yeah, I did some pretty evil things. Like my character? Of either of them, yeah. I will say it was, it was... Surprising on my end, but I should have expected it from the group that when uh, Quintus was introduced and was like, What the hell are you all doing around a freshly dead body? Please step back. They retaliated against that. <laughs> Hindsight, I should have expected that, but you know. <laughs> I will say though, I, um, it was surprising to me, um, his uh, Quintus's attitude changing um, after realizing the group he was traveling with. Um, something that people might not know, or I don't know if they will know, but I mean, Quintus, it, he wasn't known for traveling with a group. 
and he was always kind of like a solo traveler, um, just a car. And so being with this group of people, I don't think he really ever trusted any of them. Mm -hmm. It was almost like a learning process for him being with other people in this situation. Because, I mean, most of any other situation, he just gets himself out of it and, you know, does what he has to do. So it was interesting seeing his transformation process of going from this solo character to now having to require the help of this group to get out of this place. It was it was interesting process for me learning that as a character. Great. Well, that's, that's great. Did your plan before you had even played him, like, did it line up with what he became? No, actually. No. I, I ex fully expected him to kind of be a very by the book. And in my opinion, it, I feel like you'll notice as things go on, he starts to see how the world really is and gets more... I would say in the gray of anything. Mm -hmm. Like he under he he finally it gets to he starts to understand why these people are in these situations. He doesn't agree with them, but he he gets. I, I'd say he starts to understand it. Some of the events of things that happen really start to affect him. Yeah, he, um, some of the like the the violent um, and horrific things that he he sees in here. Like he's seen some of it before, but this is a whole other level. Mm -hmm. um, and it really does start to impact him. Um, because like several times throughout, like when we were actually playing and like, as I've been putting this together for the podcast, like really trying to figure out like, what is the story? Like from start to finish, like if you tried to sum it up in one sentence, like what is this the story of? And I'm, I'm on the one hand, I really like that it's changed so many times. Like it started as an escape story and then became, you know, like a, a rescue story and then became an, an escape story again and then became, and like it just keeps changing as the characters and where they are changes. But yeah. something that I noticed what was kind of interesting is almost every character has this arc of where they started out maybe a little bit idealistic and then going kind of dark like starting to break bad and like finding where their limit is like then like how much was he willing to give up to try to save his sister it turned out to be a lot and i think it would have been probably way more if he had, if it had kept going but or you know hans is another great example it's very idealistic like you know everybody look at me everybody knows me to like we just got to get out of here. I don't care what it takes. We just have to go. He, he was a very, like, Prince Charming, uh, confident, go-ready kind of character. And you really kind of see his... I think his is probably the most noticeable transformation of... I wouldn't say broken, because, I mean, he's very... He keeps it together, but mm -hmm. very much a, a different person by the end of it. I think, I think there's... I think there's an argument made that he does break at some point. I think he does a good job of like hiding it or like recovering from it. But, um, and we kind of talked about this, uh, the other day when you're talking about like that photo that you found, I think that Hans after this yeah. is a very different person. And I, I, I don't think that there's, I don't think he really totally ever gets out of the shadows. You know what I mean? True. I don't know if um, any of the events from the shadows would uh, leave any of the people in the group. Like the all the shadow has left its mark. I mm -hmm. feel like, mm -hmm. um, and you definitely feel that. 
Which is why I am very interested to see if we return to those characters or like some of those characters, how they're going to come back in to the other campaign. Yeah. Could be very I mean, we got a, a little bit of a taste of it with, um, um, was it Elia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he's so. probably the only one I think who, who made it out somewhat. Okay. Like he had his really shitty, terrible moments and, yeah. uh, and then we'll see what happens, you know, later. But yeah. <laughs> so, Evan, um, yeah. decisions that surprised you from the entire arc of Leandros's life, well, life as in like how long I played him. Right. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I know I keep saying this, but I, I had to do a lot of evil things that I wasn't always the most comfortable saying I was doing. I kind of wanted him to go in a certain direction. Obviously, I wanted him to become a, a lich. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, you know, why not? <laughs> uh, what, what else do evil wizards do? They make a tower and, you know, build a phylactery. Why not? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I was enough. hoping I would basically make this character to get to a certain point and give you, uh, you know, literally take the character and just give him to you and say, do what you want with him and hope he comes back into the main campaign. Well, so speaking of the leader role, this has um, been a group that has had a, like a bunch of changes in kind of like that leadership role. Yes. Um, from Fan being like, we're getting my sister, so this is what we're doing, to like, well, Leandros has the money, so what does he want to do? Back to Fan, back to Leandros. There was a really interesting point where then there was a point I thought like Calico, because she basically was controlling Hans like that she would be the leader because like do what I say or I'm going to sick Hans on you and it didn't happen Hans took the lead and I thought like he was going to again like he's like we're just going to get out of here whatever the cost and I I really thought like he was going to be the leader but then we even see it by like this point with uh, the chapel where he kind of starts to like pull back again Mm -hmm. and like, what were your thoughts in terms of, like, party direction? Like, what you thought your role was in determining that? I was going to start playing Leandros as a little bit more subtle um, because I wanted him to be in the background. I wanted uh, people to forget about what he was doing, honestly. Um, I think we saw some of that, too. When, um, when we got into the town, um, you got very reserved and yep. were being very low-profile. And I think Quintus noticed that, but mm-hmm. like it wasn't. I don't think it was enough. Nothing to like draw attention. It was just like yeah. He definitely noted that, like, oh, okay, so he's he's starting to be better. <laughs> but uh, he's trying we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but it was trying. there was a definite definite notice, at least for me as a player. Like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I see this now. You know, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't one of those things where he was trying. It was literally like. Okay, I just don't want people to uh, get up in my business. Uh, I have a thing that I want to do, and I want to do it alone. Let me see how I can manipulate these people into, first off, helping me, but also, second, leave me alone. Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been shot, I've been stabbed, fucking thrown up against a, a tree, <laughs> stole and burned my body and ripped my books up. You like, had a, yeah, you had a streak of things going very poorly for you and uh, we mentioned earlier like on the one hand you kind of deserved it (laughs) if anybody deserved it it was that fucking guy let me tell you (laughs) yeah remember remember when you murdered those two guards and then like gave your charmed cook friend with a knife and was like bye good luck (laughs) i said i said good luck (laughs) yeah that's why i said if anybody deserved it (laughs) 
I would say for me as Quintus uh, leadership roles, he was not interested in, I think, being the leader there. Um, I know. I will that. say he was very much, I think, obviously not as evil or manipulative, but he was very much in a, I'm going to use these people to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, so were there, were there any decisions like looking back at it now, um, that you wish that you could change on be like on behalf of the character? Evan's laughing about something. Uh, I would, um, <laughs> yeah, that question uh, is there for, is definitely a definite answer for me. For for Quintus, I would have said the initial introduction of him, which I mean that's any character. Um, you don't know how you're going to play it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of figure it out as you play. And so, like his introduction was rocky, uh, in my opinion. But I mean, it honestly, I think it helped build the story and the character and, and everything. So Absolutely. it really, I think it set the pace mm-hmm. for the uh, tension with the party. So in that sense, like it was great, but I feel like I could have been handled a little better. So, well, what, what would be better for you? What's your, like, what would have been a I, better introduction for him? Um, cause I, I wasn't, I was, I think I, at the time, if I remember correctly, I was under the impression that, it was that we were in the jurisdiction, or however you say that word, uh-huh. <laughs> because I'm horrible, um, of the Primarchy. Mm-hmm. And so he was very gung-ho when he first met them. I was like, yo, dead body. They're like, please, <laughs> what, stop. Mm-hmm. Put your hands up. And um, I think I realized after the fact that we weren't, and I think he, at that point, would have maybe been a little more reserved. He would have been like, what the hell happened here and who are all of you Mm -hmm. well the the counter to that is i i think that uh quintus definitely would have thought he was in the primarchy you know because uh you know he was chasing the glass brothers up near barathas that that's within the primarchy so so then so then yeah i mean it it makes sense for what he did um yeah i mean I, i just like i said um some of that little bit of answer i don't know i don't know why it, it always stuck with me on um what was happening um you eventually but, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you eventually told the group um because uh leandros put you in that cage and they're like what the fuck are you doing and you're like what the fuck are you doing and then they're like no <laughs> what the fuck are you doing yeah. <laughs> oh i'm chasing these two guys <laughs> so yeah. but actually no i thought that um when we were going through it and like when you know you pulled the gun and like shot at hans i was like oh my god we're gonna have another character die like what are you guys doing (laughs) why why are you doing this uh but listening to it again i was like i i think he played it pretty perfectly like he's a law enforcement officer there's a dead body there are you know shits going down and these people are you know hans and calico particular were super unhelpful you know actually now thinking back on it i don't know that they ever actually told you their names because <laughs> they definitely didn't when you met them and yeah i then, think what i think what it was was that somebody said their name and i just picked up on probably it, at some point but like they never actually said like i'm calico or like i'm hans uh yeah. <laughs> he's like you you even said like i'll just call you tiefling and human and adam's like uh, at your service, 
Yeah. Which is, you know, like perfect Hans at that point. But like yeah. thinking back, I don't that we never had that like on screen moment of them saying like nice to meet you or like we're meeting, here's my name. So And I I think that, that also is what helped uh sow that kind of distrust of them in, sure. in him. Oh, like, like, yeah, like he had no idea what happened. I think, and then, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. And I'm thinking about it now. Um, maybe I'm just nitpicking or something. Um, but yeah, that interaction when he first was introduced. Um, I, I mean, I, I get what you like where you're coming from initially. Like, it, it's a very uncomfortable moment because, again, like, there's that that party dynamic that we kind of expect. Like, everybody's going to get along and just become the party and like work together and like right off yeah. the bat with the the four of you is like mm, no no <laughs> shit's gonna be weird yeah. shit's gonna be tense and um but it was tense for a reason and it was very like i think very well played on on everyone's part that's good yeah so evan uh on behalf of leandro so is there anything that you like any decision that you would change or or wish you would go uh, back to yeah a few I think probably the biggest one was the uh, the the BS of I don't feel good, <laughs> uh, and then I get shot. Um, <laughs> Real quick, because, there, I, because it ju- it just came up in that episode. Um, yeah. Leandros is a fucking wizard with an eighteen constitution. Like yeah. I feel like we should have been talking about that a lot more. <laughs> like oh, that yeah, is a fucking great, yeah. He had really good constitution. <laughs> like <laughs> like I uh, was. I mean, buff, like super healthy, like I don't know, I don't know, how, like how we want to, you know, p- portray that, but like eighteen is that's impressive for anybody, and then impressive for a guy who spent his whole life studying. <laughs> if we do I, this again, when you know we reboot is? the Shadows campaign, like, <laughs> well, you know what it is? Is uh, that's my dumb player thing of like constitution always has to be high for me because <laughs> i want to have a lot of hit points well, that's, uh, not so dumb. that's not dumb i know uh but um <laughs> that's that's why that's that is yeah. i i don't know why i said that i should have said something different but in all fairness <laughs> that is what leandros would have probably had said <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah and i mean it, it works out because like I, I, don't, I don't know if i kept it in or not but like i think it also works out because again like he he thought he was smarter than them so like yeah. maybe he thought yeah. he could trick them by saying he had a stomach ache you know or like the, the food yeah. was sitting wrong like and then maybe was surprised like oh shit they're not as dumb as i thought they were yeah i also i, I believe that if there wasn't already distrust in Quintus for Landros mm-hmm. that he would have believed you. Probably. But because he was already that. skeptical, he was already, he was like, he always kept, he, I think I always specifically said like, he wants to keep all of the group in front of him. He doesn't want anybody behind him. Mm-hmm. And so he was already skeptical in you. And so the second you said that, I was like, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you like it, it was the nail in the the coffin, basically. <laughs> yeah, I think like Landris maybe would have gotten away with that early in the campaign, mm-hmm. um, but by that point, not so much. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> he again, he was a smart dumb guy, our dumb smart guy. <laughs> um, and then also just like on like out of character, like I again, I 
I was not expecting things to come to blows at that point. So certainly not over something like let's head to Havenwood. I think we were all kind of like, well, what, what's happening now? Like, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah. yeah, I didn't expect it to come to both either. Side <laughs> oh, question: There was so much endgame fighting in that campaign. <laughs> oh god, I hate endgame fighting. It was, it was made for good campaign. <laughs> Side question here: um, Did you fully plan on those villagers attacking us at the cabin uh, before the end uh, fighting happened? So the way the way the dungeon world system wants you to set everything up is like you have these things called fronts and it's like it's basically like a faction and like what they want to do and like what the five or six steps like if if nothing gets in their way, if they get everything they want, like they do this thing, they do this thing, they do this and then and then they get what they want. So there was always that front like floating around is like if they get a chance that they can capture you and then sacrifice you to the blind god, they they want to do that. And it just so happened to work out that, like, it happened while you were there fighting each other. <laughs> yeah. So, because, yeah, cause if I'm remembering now, like, Hans took off, Leandros got hurt and was no longer invisible, Calico had a knife on him again, like, what are you doing? I think Leandros had, had charmed Quintus at that point, and so I was yep. like, shit was just crazy. And then somebody failed a roll, and I'm like, you know, what do you, what do I do here with that? And I'm like, oh, there's this other thing over here. <laughs> that fail yeah. means like bad shit's coming. <laughs> so yeah. that was definitely a fun part uh, of the system is like transferring those like a failure in the moment, like having bigger ripples, and it changes. You know, it I, it gives me a chance to change things more around you, and then kind of surprise you that way. Mm. Um, it's also um, the 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 one thing that made Dungeon World difficult for me was that it's a lot of like on your feet sort of thinking. Mm-hmm. Like somebody rolls an eight and that's a partial success. So like, what does that mean in that moment? Like, what options do I give you? Or you know, how is how do we make a partial success out of what they're trying to do? Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, you can prepare a lot, but how do you prepare for that moment where Hans is grappling a knoll and then Quintus shoots that knoll and then it goes into a partial success. Like you can't prepare for moments that specifically, so you just have to kind of come up with something. Right. Um, and so it's a lot, it's a lot of like improv or like on the moment creativity sort of thing. And so some, like I would get done with a lot of those sessions. Like I'm, I'm dead. My brain is dead. I can't think mm-hmm. of, I'll never, <laughs> I'll never have a creative thought again. <laughs> You're telling me that you weren't prepared for us to jump through the ethereal and then just decide to stay there and then <laughs> jump back through time and then, you know, kill Lord. <laughs> You're te- yeah, you, you weren't prepared for Than to get stabbed in the heart. Come on. I really, I really honestly wasn't. And, and I, I hate to admit it because, like, I, I feel stupid. Okay, I wasn't either. <laughs> I'm the one who, like, when, you know, we were talking about, like, how to bring Amy in, like, oh, okay, what is, what's Calico's doing? Like, what is she, like, why is she here? I'm like, well, maybe she's hunting Fen. And I, I was like, oh, but that will, like, nothing bad will ever come of that. <laughs> and then she stabbed him. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. She's trying to kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking, I mean, looking back, I'm not sure... Like, part of me is not sure that I would want to set it up that way again, like, set Calico on that path. But at the same time, like, 
what it did to the story was so interesting. That's a, I mean, and that's another thing I was going to, I just remembered I was going to bring it up. What was your thought process or even Evans as well? When Leandros died, that was the only other person or tether to the beginning of why we were here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, what was your thought process basically at that point? Like, we don't have a game anymore. <laughs> or, like, well, In some ways it was a, it was less shocking than Then dying because, you know, there was there there was enough of a narrative of like the rest of the party still wants to get out of this place. So, like we lose a lot of Leandros's motivations and like what he was plotting, but there was still a trajectory that made sense to continue. Whereas like when Then died, I was like the whole reason you all are there was to get Kara. And now what? <laughs> as far as like the the story going forward, it wasn't as big of a shock to me, but it definitely it changed a lot of the storylines that you would have run into like later in or you know, you know what what we're calling like the season three now, because you know he was that tie to the original story, so that part was kind of weird to figure out like what's left of that story and how much do we do I want to bring in and how much do I want to force because there's also a number of things that you know came from the main campaign that like I wanted just as as us as like players and just you know easter eggs for us to to show you like look look what I did yeah. <laughs> like nobody else is going to understand but look <laughs> I will say too that I think that also factors into the leadership uh, role as well. Like, because Hans, as far as I know, was the only person that was like the oldest member, uh, like of the group that we had formed that was left. Yeah, at that point, yeah, that's a good. So I mean, it pretty much was like, "Hey, Hans, what do we do now?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing that I, I definitely had a moment of panic in there in trying to figure, like, oh god. You know, he died, and we actually, well, we have it, like, I'm going to put it in, like, an outtake sort of thing, but, like, talking about Leandros dying in a place where we've established that people can't really die, and what that means, and, you know, the end result being that, like, you know, Cyric has his soul, so, like, Mm -hmm. when he dies, like, he he wasn't really going to go anywhere anyway, he's going to go where Cyric wants him to go, Yeah. so, but, uh, yeah. (laughs) That was a weird moment. What did you What did you think, Evan? What was it? Uh, my thoughts were at the time. Well, you know, shit, my character. Just, <laughs> and then the, the next part was like, okay, well, what am I gonna do now? You know, and I guess we'll find out in season three. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was actually when I was talking to you the other day about what level would you know that character, that specific character that I'm going to be playing. Um, what level would he be if we played in five E and I the reason I asked is I was just messing around in D and D Beyond and I made that character and mm-hmm. what level would we uh, be like what would uh, Quintus be well if he survives uh, uh, uh. well and we're talking to, to Evan about that the other day it's it's difficult so like the max level in Dungeon World is ten and at that point right. like there's a, a mechanism for starting over and basically you start again right. at level one but you have like some or all of the skills that you picked up from the previous class. But still, like, 10 is the max, so if you compare that to 20 being the max for for 5e, 
then Quintus was probably somewhere around like like level 16, level 18. But at the same time, the the skills don't exactly work out the same. So like a a 10th level wizard in Dungeon World is in some ways significantly more powerful than a 20th level wizard in D&D. Right, because like, remember like, the sleep spell in Dungeon World is basically instant death if you can follow it up. Whereas sleep in D&D is like, who cares? You know, they're going to wake up when you clap next to them. But the other side of that is, you know, a 20th level wizard in D&D is basically like demigod level. Yeah. Whereas a 20th level wizard in, or a 10th level wizard in Dungeon World can still get killed by like a single spear because they're still just a, a human <laughs> or yeah. you know, okay. whatever. So it's it's tough to really balance out, but strictly on like level to level basis, we would definitely be in the 15 plus range for okay. D&D. So cool. Which another thing that made the, the the campaign pretty interesting, like we never we didn't start these characters at low level. They started out like super capable and yeah. just got even more powerful. So and uh, had bigger the fall. So the only other thing I had written down was um, in Hell House. The, mm-hmm. the navigation of that, like going back and listening to that again, like, like very clearly confused everybody. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's why Devin and I just stuck with the right hand search. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's something him and I learned uh, in real life. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. If you ever get lost, just, you know, keep your right shoulder to the right wall. You'll find your way out eventually. <laughs> Which, if I had thought about that when building it, I would have changed. Because, um, basically, there were only a couple rules for the house. But, like, the big one was, if you go through the right-hand door, it led to, like, the flesh hallway. And if you went through the right-hand door again, it led to another flesh hallway, but, like, further into the house. Um, Yeah. So, basically, like all right turns leads you to the heart of the house, which is where that like the ghost kid and the abomination was. But there was that door with the the locks in the way. So you all kept going right and ending up in that flesh hallway, but like not going far enough into the house to get to that door. Well, I think the thing was, I think we entered the flesh hallway and it's like the exact same layout and we're like, Mm mm-hmm. I don't think we're doing something right. Today. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. God for that chinchilla also. Well, and that's, uh, so two points are like, you were absolutely doing the right thing. Like you were ending up in the same flesh hallway because that was the only way out of the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just kind of, it seemed really weird because like that hallway shouldn't be where you were because you just walked away from it kind of thing. Like the house was like meant to be kind of maddening inside. Yeah. Well, good because Uh, I was confused most of the time here. (laughs) And then again, uh, the chinchilla is another great example of like, I didn't think about the repercussions. I was like, I just ran across it online somewhere. I was like, that sounds really cool. Like I'll throw that in there. If they find it, that's a fun little thing for them to have. And then, you know, Amy found it and used it immediately, and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh, Did we all you draw a card? You all drew three cards. 
You asked me earlier what I regret. That is what Quintus regrets. Drawing the cards? Yeah. Didn't you end up pretty okay with from that? I was okay, but there was still a part of uh, probably more me as a player that I regret that. Okay. I don't think I got anything. I just, um, it didn't feel right to me. Okay. Okay. I don't know why. (laughs) It seemed like it was one of those, I don't know, not so much a peer pressure thing, but it seemed like it was a necessary thing. Okay. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just do it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know the best way to describe it at the time. I think, no, I think that's, good. It, that's a good explanation. I mean, honestly, the the entire purpose of that, that room was to give you a chance to get some, basically to get some health back, uh, to maybe get some gold. And then I, I threw in like the spades, I think was like you took damage if you drew the yeah. spades. Just kind of that like, happened. so it wasn't a an immediate like... Yeah, I wanted yeah. some risk to the reward, and then I threw in the idea, like, the, the four kings, if you drew one of the kings, like, that would do a thing. And, you know, it kind of happened that Hans drew one, and that, like, that made a big difference later on. But, yeah, it was really just, like, a way to give you some give you some fuel back, if you will. I don't know, I'm always, like, one of those paranoid types, like, if everybody's getting handed out drinks i don't want to drink it because then i don't want to be the guy that passes out from whatever drug is in the drink kind of thing sure yeah and that's um that was definitely one of the rooms you all could have just like walked right through um and there was a couple of them like that one of them calico found out was poison and you all just walked away from and so that was that but it was also designed very much to make you question as much as possible in, in every room as much as possible. So, you know, in that regard, I'm happy that it turned out that way. Did we ever, did we, we, we didn't kill the heart of the house. Didn't he just let us go or something like that? Right. Right. Okay. Basically it like summoned kind of like a champion to try to fight you. You killed that. And then it opened the door and was like, just get out of here. You could have killed the house right there, uh, but you all took off instead. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. We hope you'll continue to share our story and come back next week for the third and final season of the Shadows Campaign. So, so I just want to preface real quick. There's a reason I didn't see that message. Uh, I don't have a, a a job where I just sit down all day, just so you guys know, and I can read my messages. So, man, they should really come up with some type of device like that you could carry with you to look at things. I just, uh, after, uh. you know, going through 60-something messages that I've missed, it's hard to, you know, pick through the uh, the bullshit. All of our messages are the highest quality. Thank you very much. <laughs> The highest quality of bullshit. The highest quality. <laughs> also, Slack just emailed me this week and said, "Yeah, we saw your messages are down eighty percent. Do you need these tools for team building?" <laughs>
that's so eight percent. That's amazing. I don't contribute really that much anymore. I I stand at the counter and give tech support all damn day. I can't help it. Yeah, and I'm no, pretty swamped fine. at work lately. Yeah. No, I, I I realize I'm not the only one who has that up next to my work stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I did, believe me, I would message because uh, there's some there is some funny stuff in there. This yeah, is like I said, it's very entertaining. Highest quality. Um, <laughs> highest quality, yes. 